Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad that you're here this weekend. My name's Michelle Stevens. I am not Pastor Chris Stevens. I am his other half. And he graciously gave me the platform this weekend to share a message from the mom's perspective and from the mom's side of the story, or in the middle, as it were. And we're going to talk about moms being in the middle. So whether you're a, a mom, stepmom, foster mom, um, grandmother raising your children, future mom, uh, whatever you find your, your life story, wherever you are in this mom situation. Maybe you're, you're a kid that your mom bribed, begged, just asked you to come. Good for you. I'm so glad that you're here to honor your mom this weekend. And so we're going to talk a little bit about moms. And one thing, when I think about what do I want my kids to say of me? What do I want to be said of me? And it's pretty easy for me when I go back to scripture and look. And this is what, this is what I feel like every mom wants to be said of her. And it's found in Proverbs 31. Let her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise. And so I know, I don't know about you, moms, but that's exactly what I want to hear and be said of me. So I was thinking about some stories that I could share with you about me being the mom in the middle. And you know, some of you know my kids, Faith, Micah, and Zach, some of you don't. But if you do know them, you realize that my quandary of finding stories that I could actually share in public about being the mom in the middle. So I did come up with a few that, that were um, church rated and that I could share with you. And so um, I was thinking about back in the football days when my boys played for Carnes High School. See, I'm, I'm hyper competitive and Carnes High School back then was not. And so um, <laughs> I found myself all up in the middle, you know, with the referees or the coaches or the opponents or whatever. I was that mom in the middle. And I mean, my mouth was just right there. And pastor would have to lovingly say, Michelle, what are you gonna do when you're up there leading worship and one of those referees or coaches or opponents walk in the door? I said, dang it, you know? <laughs> so I'll have to find my mom in the middle avenue somewhere else. And he bought me a camera to put in front of my face and cover my mouth. And, you know, things got a little better as far as that perspective goes. And then I think about my daughter, Faith, and uh, the hormone years, as I like to call them, in that middle school age and all the other sweet little Faith Promise mean girls that were involved in the situations. And I was then the student leader, and I thought, you know, watching what they would say and do to each other. I'm thinking, and if you have a middle school girl, you know what I'm talking about. Or if you've had a middle school girl, or if you are in FP students and work with middle school girls, bless your heart, you know, bless your hearts. God has to give you a special, you know, crown and reward for, for dealing with that. But I would, I would be, moms would be talking about leaving the church over things that a sixth grade girl said to another. And I'm thinking, I'm have, trying to have to talk them off the ledge when I'm on the ledge myself because my daughter was one of them. You know, I watched her be mean and I watched her be on the receiving end. And so mom in the middle, I was trying to navigate and still help other people navigate. And so then to bring it down more of a personal level at, in our home, I always wanted my kids to be best friends. And I said, you know, your other friends will come and go, but your brother and sister, they need to be your best friends. And they would just look at me like I'm crazy. And, you know, so mom in the middle, I have to kind of make sure that that happens. You know what I'm saying? And so I would kind of manipulate my way in there and, you know, text if I felt like one said something that was 
you know, ugly the other, or I felt the other one was, they look kind of sad, right? You know, hey, how about encouraging your brother? Or, hey, your sister didn't really mean to say it like that. And they think I'm crazy. You know, they don't even see it. They didn't, and, and, and I look like the one that's, you know, the weirdo. So, um, you know, but when everything worked out and they're best friends, I think I can take a little bit of credit of that because, you know, I was stepped up in the middle and, you know, had my little words of encouragement. So even though they think I'm a weirdo, I, I, can, I can handle that. You know, that's what moms do, isn't it? And so then there are times that I have to coach pastor. I know you guys don't believe that, but I coach pastor on, you know, hey, how can, can we say this just a little different, you know, do you have to bare your teeth when you correct them or, you know, um, and so coaching, you know, pastor on how to, how to talk to them and how to direct them and, and, um, and so, you know, you know, we don't fight, don't you, you know, we, we have the perfect marriage, you know, and we compliment each other very well. But I was thinking about one particular story when Micah was riding the go-kart around the yard in Louisiana. And if you know Micah, you know he's an instigator. I mean, he's going to ag it on. And uh, he, was, he was top-notch that day, really getting after Zach. Well, Zach had a BB gun in his hand. You know where I'm going with this story. So Zach literally shoots Micah in the face with a BB gun. Tears, screaming, you know, come in the house. And Chris is just furious. And he says, Zach, go to the bed till I can calm down. Michelle, get on the front porch. I didn't even have an opportunity to be the mom in the middle. I didn't know what to do. So, so Zach's crying in the, in the bedroom. Micah's crying on the couch. I'm crying on the front porch, you know, and just saying, okay. I just started praying, Lord, don't let him kill him. Don't let him kill him. You know, and so mom in the middle, you know, we find ourselves in those places in all kinds of situations. And I'm, I tell you funny stories, but there are some very serious stories where I was in the middle and still stay in the middle. And even though they don't want me in the middle, that's where I find myself. And so sometimes it was between them and a teacher, between them and a coach. Have you found yourself there between them and a kid or a kid's parent or them and their father? So what my goal today is, is women to kind of release you that it's, you know, finding yourself in the middle. God has a purpose. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Men, I'm just helping you try to understand the crazy. I'm, you know, kids, I'm, I'm trying to help you understand the crazy, why we, why we act like we do, why we think like we do. Okay. And here, here's one phrase we can boil it down to emotions and overwhelming love, the need to nurture and the need to be needed land us right, land us moms right in the middle. And it's the place of the no win. Because Chris says, why do you like to be in, put yourself in a no win situation? Why do you always like to be there? I don't like to be there. That's just where I find myself. That's where us moms end up. We end up in the middle because that's where we feel like our purpose is. That's where we feel like our need is. And so so when we think about the lines and, and where it happens, you know, Faith Promise just went through a series called Between the Lines. And we walked between the lines of the gospel and worldview and culture and lifestyles. But this weekend, we're going to talk about mom in the middle, the place where the lines are never defined and love can be blind. Moms, how many times have you heard that, uh, you know, you've just got blind love, you got rose-colored glasses, you know, you don't, you know what, okay, I accept that. Yes, I have blind love and I have rose-colored because that's why some animals eat their young. If, if they didn't have blind love, 
they would kill them, wouldn't they? And so God gives us blind love. And so I, I accept that, I get that, and I understand why people say that. Well, let's just, let's just kind of get in the word and see what mom's in the middle is all about. How many of you guys know who Moses is? Good, 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 good. There's a whole book, uh, the book of Exodus, it talks about stories about him, and thanks to Hollywood, kind of gave us a little more, you know, um, visual about that. But Moses, from his humble beginnings as a Hebrew to a royal family with the Pharaoh, and then, you know, that famous line, let my people go, and when, he, when Pharaoh didn't, you know, God used Moses to bring about 10 plagues. And then when Pharaoh did let him go um, and they went into the wilderness, Pharaoh changed his mind again. Does that sound like a father, Pharaoh, father, change his mind, kill them, let them go? You know, okay, sorry, dads, sorry. I had, had, a mom, had a mom moment for a minute. Anyway, Moses finds himself against the Red Sea. And so um, God gave them the ability with a stick to part the Red Sea. And so then God handcrafted on two tablets of stone um, with his finger, the Ten Commandments, and gave them to Moses. That's just a few of the things that Moses was noted for, and we get a lot of our founding faith because of Moses. And so lots of great stuff there. But how many of you guys know Moses' mother's name? Anybody? Okay, Pastor, you you don't count. (laughs) Very few in every service knew who Jochebed was which is Moses' mother. And Jochebed was a mother who found herself in the middle. So let's just talk a little bit about her story. You know, when, when the children of Israel, they first came to Egypt, it was because Joseph brought his brothers and his dad because of a great famine. And just like God promised, the children of Israel flourished and they prospered and, and he blessed them and they began to grow and grow and grow. Well, Joseph was gone, that Pharaoh was gone and there was a new Pharaoh in town, a new Pharaoh in Egypt. And he was very intimidated and he was so worried that the children of Israel were gonna take over and control And so he began to put some things into place in slavery and hard work. And then when that didn't, that didn't work, he put something very drastic into place. And that was to kill all the Hebrew baby boys. And so that's where we're going to pick up our story. We're going to pick it up in Exodus chapter two in verse one. So if you have your, your Bible, you can turn with me or it's on the screen. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. So isn't that just what a mother would say when she saw that he was beautiful? You know, every, every baby I had, I looked and said, wow, they're just beautiful. And um, it said that she hid him for three months. And I think about, we have a brand new um, grandbaby, a little Scarlet James, and I think she's, only, she's less than a month. And I think about Joy trying to hide her even at a month old, let alone three months. But it became inevitable that Jacobed was going to have to do something at three months. And so she could no longer shelter moms or no longer hide him. So she carefully crafted a plan to release him into the world. I want you to think about that. She carefully crafted a plan to release him into the world. The word release absolutely terrifies me as a mom because that means I have to let go. 
that means I don't have control. And it absolutely grabs my heart. And let me tell you why that is. It's because release contradicts the confines of the middle. The middle that we moms find ourselves in so many times. And I think about releasing my 18-year-old onto the college campuses. It, it terrified me. It just absolutely scared me to death, let alone releasing a three-month-old baby into a, in a basket into the river full of crocodiles. I can't imagine what Jacobin must have been feeling because I know how I feel. And because my babies were, are too beautiful for the world and the world doesn't deserve them. And I know that she felt the same way, but she did it anyway. Jacobin fashioned a basket that would float and she released it. She released it. You know, and she released that basket by faith, not knowing what was going to happen. So let me ask you, Mom, are you fashioning a faith for your children that will float? As you release, as you release them, as you let go, as you relinquish control, by faith, you'll be amazed at what God does. Are we destined to be in the middle of that angst of of? you know, wanting to control, wanting to protect that just overwhelming urge to, to nurture at any cost? Are we destined to live in no-win moms? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some relief today. Here is the spin for the win, okay? Here's where the lines are defined and blind love is refined. Okay, here's how it happens. First of all, the middle brings things and people together. I want to kind of give you a visual. If I had somebody on each arm and they were pulling me each way, left and right, and you, you know, try not to picture, you know, the dad or, you know, a coach or the kid, you know, but, but that's what happens. They're trying to pull you each way. And, and more than likely, one side's not going to be able to pull me all the way across the stage or all the way to their side because I'm in the middle and I can leverage, I can leverage that ability to bring those sides together. I can leverage that through unity. I can leverage that through being the balance, being the center. And even though it feels like I'm being pulled side to side, God uses that to bring both sides together. And God can honor that. So let me tell you, at our house, we, we look at a situation or we look at something that's very difficult. And we ask the question, is that a problem to so be solved? Or is that a tension to be managed? Well, let me tell you, ladies, being in the middle is not a problem to be solved, but it's a tension very worth managing. So don't, don't get overwhelmed and don't think that it's never going to get any better because you feel like you're always overwhelmed in a no-win situation in the middle because moms in the middle bring things together. Let's pick up our story in verse 4 of Exodus 2. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. And that sister we later know is Miriam. The Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendant were walking alongside the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Isn't that amazing? That when Jacobed, by faith, floated him out there, letting go, that God would again use her to bring things back together. What would have happened had she not released him? You know, what, what would have happened? 
God is more than capable to raise up another way, another person. But because of Jacobed's faith, she released him, and redemption came through release. Moses's and the children of Israel's uh, release from slavery and redemption from slavery came from Jacobed's release. That's a very important thing I want you to remember, that redemption comes from release. And so mom's bringing people together. She brought the daughter and got the daughter involved, and the daughter was watching and brought Pharaoh's daughter by faith. She had no idea that she was going to bring her into her middle. And so when you think about the, the daughter and, and Pharaoh's daughter in the reeds waiting for something to happen, let me ask you a question, moms. Who's walking in the reeds for you and your, and your kids? And who's surrounding your children? Who's, who's, are you surrounding your children with watchers? Now, that's not to say that you're, they're spying on them. And trust me, I, I did the mom in the middle thing, and I, I did my own spying, and they always saw my car or saw me peeking through the racks at the mall, you know. So, so I get it. So you don't want to send people out to do that. That's not what I mean. Who's your community? Who's your small group that you can, when you float that basket of faith out there, they're going to come around you. And they're going to they're gonna pray with you. And when you cry, they understand. You got to bring people around who are going to watch your kids in prayer. They're going to watch your kids in the word. They're going to watch your kids and, and give you discernment and, and give you wisdom as you walk through this time in your life of being mom in the middle. So moms bring things together. They bring people together. The second thing they do is mom in the middle fills the gap. Okay, because when you're in the middle you fill the gap. And so one way to fill the gap is to bring elements around your children for the flourishing of their faith. And so what, when you bring things and people around them, it increases their faith and it gives them opportunity to see you be real, see you experience uh, your faith with them. And so Jacobed built a little ark and, um, and she, out of papyrus. And what she did is between each reed, she would line it with pitch and tar. And it, just like Noah's Ark, when between the beams, he would line it with pitch and tar. And what that did is it prevented the water from coming in and prevented the, 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 the basket, the ark, from sinking. And so it prevented things from leaking. And so have you ever wondered, does your child's faith ever leak? Well, if my faith leaks, and I've been a believer for a long, long time, had a lot of life experience and a lot of faith experience, a lot of time in the Word, a lot of time on my knees, and if my faith leaks, how much more can I wonder if my kids' faith leaks? And so, moms, we have to, we have to pitch in, pun intended, we have to pitch in and really sure up those areas so that they don't leak so when you send them and you float them out by faith, that they don't sink and, 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 and lose, lose what God had intended for them. So we stand in the gap. Moms, what we do is we fill the middle, we fill the gap, we stand in the gap. So let me, let me try to give you a visual from a personal perspective. So it's Faith, Micah, and Zach, okay? It's me, and it's God. I'm standing in the middle, in the gap, for my children with the Lord. Because there's so many times I could see things happening and all I could do is pray, God. And there's so many times moms have me when they're late, when they're five minutes late, you know, I see them on the side of the road dismembered and, and terrible things happening and, you know, I'm worried to death and I'm praying. 
you know, um, when, I, when they would get little bumps and bruises, my mind went immediately to the worst, and I'd pray. But, you know, there were some serious times when I would watch them step into stupid, and I would just get on my knees and pray. Every season of life, you know, some people laugh when they, people post about kindergarten graduation. For a mom, that's a big deal because that means there's a next season coming. Middle school, there's a next season coming. I remember taking Faith, our daughter, as an eighth grader to Carnes High School because she was starting high school. And I saw all those men. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, Faith, you're going to a private school. It's all girls. Okay, I'm thinking, she's not going in with these grown men, you know, and now I look at them thinking, some mother thought that about my sons as well. And so, um, so you think about that and you just start praying because you don't know what else to do. You intercede, you're right there in the middle. And you know, I have prayed a lot of people out of my kids' lives <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. And you know, um, you know, when I felt like it was an unhealthy relationship or an unhealthy environment or whatever situation, and I'd pray and pray, and it didn't always happen in my timing. But I was faithful to stand in the gap for my kids. You know why? Because God has given me authority. God has given me victory. And God said, I'm an overcomer. And God said, greater is he that is in me, that is in the world. And so I stand. I stand in the gap for my kids. And I still do today. Still do today. So there's one more place. Mom stands in the gap. There's a lot of places, but one more we're going to talk about. And that's... Me, uh, that's Faith, Micah, and Zach, and that's me, and that's the devil. Because let me tell you, you want to see a redneck mama get really ticked off, <laughs> really ticked off. Man, you mess with my kids, I will scratch your eyes out. Scratch your eyes out. They're adults, and I will still scratch your eyes out, all right? So the deal is, he plays dirty. He plays for keeps. And I am not letting him get to my kids. And boy, have we gone, we have gone at it, toe to toe, man. You know what, moms, I, I wasn't afraid. There were times when fear tried to attack me. I wasn't afraid because I know, I know who stands with me in the gap. And let me tell you, that, that devil did not, will not, will ever get my kids because I'm always gonna be stationed in the gap for my kids, amen? So mom, understand the battle. The battle is not the teachers and the coaches and the girlfriend and the boyfriend and the other people. And, and that's not, that's not the battle. It's not dad. The battle is against the one who kills, steals, and controls. And steals, kills, and destroys. He controls too. <laughs> destroys. That's who the battle's against. That's who you focus your energy on. That's where you stand in the gap because that's a powerful place that God has given us. Moms in the middle is to stand in the gap. So in the natural, the middle looks like a no win for mom, but in the supernatural, the middle is a so win for mom. Amen? Amen. So I, w I just wanna help you understand this, the whole middle perspective because so many times, so many times I have felt overwhelmed and caught up and still do. And I have to remember, I was designed with a purpose to be in the middle, in the supernatural. And so I have to get to that place out of the natural circumstances and elements to get myself back in to where I understand why I'm in the middle.
And remember we went back and we talked about the pitch that lined the reeds of the little baby basket and Noah's Ark between the beams. You remember the pitch? That same word that was used for pitch in those two instances is the same word used for atonement in the New Testament, for Christ's blood that covers and fills in the gaps and keeps us from sinking to be separated from a God that loves him. So let me, let me just take it to a place of the middle. Jesus, moms, is in the, was in the middle on a cross between heaven and earth, between heaven and earth. And our redemption came from God's release. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Our redemption came through God's release because Jesus was in the middle and still is in the middle for those that have received him and have a relationship. He's ever interceding for us. Jesus in the middle. And so you're thinking, whoa, that took a left turn really quick. I was with you when you were telling the funny stories. I was with you when you were talking about my crazy mom. You know, she wants us to rise up and call her blessed and you're talking about all the crazy things. I get that. I get that. But that thing you're feeling in your heart is because for the first time you realize that somebody is in the middle for you. For the first time you realized that a release was made for you to be redeemed, to be paid for. And so at Faith Promise, we get all up in the middle of people's business. We, we love to be on, to, to link arms together and be in the middle and stand in the gap for people. So today we want you to have an opportunity to receive that gift of Jesus being in the middle for you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray. And for the first time, if you said, that's me, I need, I need to, I need to, I just actually need to embrace what God did for me. We want you to pray this prayer with us. And Faith Promise, I want you to pray it out loud because nobody prays alone at Faith Promise. We do life together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for being in the middle, for dying on the cross, for making that atonement for my sin so that I would not sink and be separated from God. I received that gift I receive that redemption and ask for you to live in my life forever. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Give people a hand for, for making that decision today. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, will you just fill out the card in the seat back pocket in front of you? Because we want to come alongside of you in this journey called faith. And we want to help you. We don't want to berate you or, or hound you. But we want to lovingly walk with you arm in arm. Arm in arm. Okay? So right now, if you're a mom in the room, there's a lot of, a lot of people. You know, I need you to stand up, please. Come on for me. Stand up. If I can get up here and preach, you can stand up in your seat. It's not that scary. Amen? All right. There's moms all over the room. So if you're a kid, keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. If your mom is in the room, I need you to go to her right now. If you're a husband, you, you just stand up and you just grab her hand. And here's the deal. There might be a mom here. Her kids don't live around here or her kids are in the nursery. She's a single mom. Somebody go grab her hand. Because we're going to put moms in the middle. Moms, one, 
want to be in the middle. Moms find themselves in the middle. So we're going to put them in the middle intentionally. And we're going to pray over them. Does everybody have somebody praying over them? Everybody touch, somebody touching them? Listen, get in somebody's circle. Don't be left out. That's what we do at Faith Promise. That's what we do. We get in circles. We get, we, we're watchers. We get in the reeds. So right now, I want you to pray a blessing over mom in the middle. Just spend a few moments.